Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to another episode of the X-Animo Podcast, the show where I have genuine conversations with people. Today's guest is a good friend of mine. His name is Ethan, and he doesn't really uh, do too much on social media. He isn't active in streaming or content creation, but he's uh, very into uh, financial things like stocks and cryptocurrency, and I figured this would be a more intellectual episode than normal. I hope you enjoy it. Let's just get right into it. How you doing, Ethan? I am. I'm doing wonderful today. Yeah, doing wonderful today. Yes, dude, I love to hear that. Yeah, I just started my Weeble account, and it's like so much better than uh, like Robinhood or Fidelity's features are. Oh yeah, tell me about that. Tell, tell me, uh, like, <clears throat> I started with like Fidelity. Maybe three years ago, right as I became like management at McDonald's and uh, I thought it was like the coolest thing on the earth. And I think that's when like these more like online type uh, brokerages were starting up. The ones like Webull, uh, M1 Finance, um, and some more like the crypto ones too. Uh and it was right around the same time that like Robinhood started doing like their zero commission stuff. That's actually that was their initial business model and still is today. Uh, and then all of the other online brokerages that's been in business for 40, 50 years needed to change that quickly. Otherwise, they were going to lose market share. But I started with Fidelity and uh, now being at Walmart, I was with around people talking about option trading and fidelity just was still in that archaic buy one stock sell one stock nothing with like uh, fractional trading nothing with like leveraging or like margin that was easily usable or same with options so i switched to Robinhood, where it's really easy stuff but you can get into more complex stuff. Uh, but the reason I switched over to Weeble today is because not only does it have every single feature that um, Robinhood has other than like fractional sharing, which I think they do have. I just have to enable it. I, it has their own desktop app with like every feature you can that you would have paid probably millions of dollars for in suites in like the early 2000s oh yeah so just like yeah. really extensive software yeah dude that's great and and just for everybody listening this here is my my buddy ethan he's uh he's like deep into uh stocks and crypto and just being a baller with money because you're 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 so incredibly smart and intelligent when it comes to this sort of stuff so that's why why we're talking to this dude right here he doesn't he streams on Twitch sometimes, but not really. Just yeah. more, more of a, more of an intellectual uh, episode today. <laughs> yeah. So I was getting into options trading, and then I uh, switched over to the Weeble, and or sorry, I switched over to Robinhood uh, just a couple months ago, even, and 
Then I switched over to Weeple today because I I needed those extensive features. I was <clears throat> getting kind of fed up with the the little amount of information that uh, both Fidelity and uh, M1 Finance and uh, Robinhood would give you in anything like the ask bids and the which is like we starts you off with three months free of market two or level two market information which allows you to not see the ask and bid and price that it is right now like usually when you're in the stock market you see just your how much somebody's buying it for how much is somebody is selling it for and then just the price which is just the middle of that but you see the next 50 in every direction or both directions so you can see where more pressure is being applied let's say you only have like 20 orders um to buy amc stock or something uh, and then 10 to sell at that certain price. You know, 10 are going to execute at that moment. And if you have level one, you will only be able to see the uh, baseline one, like at the market or at the at the money uh, amount right there. But with market or level two uh, information, you can actually see the next 50 or even more. So how does it predict that? <laughs> Is it like just uh, like an artificial intelligence, like uh, it's, like it's, it's, predicting the most likely path for the stock to go, or is it tr pending trades? They're pending trades. Like, um, let's say I bought, let's say I bought Tesla stock, um, which I have in the past, and I want to sell it at. Let's say I bought it today at $980. It dipped down today. Uh, then I wanted to sell it for $1,200, which it was just at a couple weeks ago. Obviously, that trade is not going to execute today because it's at $980. Yeah. But a few steps down on the sell side, there is my trade of uh, $1,200. And so when you are looking at that, you can kind of see what consumers or rather what investors large and small are willing to pay for and sell their stock at on a much broader scale. So when you are buying or selling them yourself, you can see where you can kind of see the, you can kind of see how others want stock to go okay in that moment <clears throat> um another like great feature but they give that to you for free uh for three months um i think after that it's like 2.99 but that's that's with any brokerage uh because that is information that is just like hidden behind it's usually for institutional uh, organizations uh then there's level three which is real-time stuff you know how like uh, if you search up a stock up on Google, you'll have, it'll say like 10 minutes delayed or 15 minutes delayed uh, with level three, which I can't have get access to 
pretty much no one can get access to other than like big banks and uh, government agencies. Um, that's real-time information. Now, hold on. What are, what are these different levels you're talking about? Like level three, like versus levels one and two, are those different stocks or are those like, what, what does that, what does that mean? <clears throat> it's, um, it's kind of like, it's, it's kind of like the difference between like YouTube and YouTube premium. Uh, how YouTube, you have ads, you not saying you're going to have ads when you're trading stocks, but like you have, um, limited features. Um, still good if you're a retail investor, but if you want to, or if you're just doing simple trades every once in a while, doing reinvesting uh, of dividends and stuff like that, you can just, you can deal with just level one. You don't need anything special. But if you're spending more time in the stock market, like how I am on my days off, um, you might want level two information. So you can just see how the market is uh, seeing, or at, with level two, you can see the ask bid farther out rather than just what's at the price that then and there. Okay, sure. Uh, Are those levels through Weeble? Is that inf like information tiers that they offer? Or is that just like a general is, thing? That is a general thing that like encoded into the United States economy. It's like something, or not the United States economy, into, into asset trading. Oh, okay, sure. Uh, yeah, there's just level one, which is just your baseline stuff. You can see what the price is. Okay, you can see what somebody the at the money somebody's trying to pay for and sell it for. That's that's level one. Level two is seeing farther out what people are trying to buy and sell it for, up to fifty with Weeble. Um. Then. Then, with level three, instead of having this delayed, by ten or fifteen minutes, uh, you get right then and there. That's why the that's why the banks are always uh ahead of the the retail investor okay yeah sure that makes sense it's all so the levels are all just about information then yes okay. the amount of information you get and the timing of it and Weeble gives you level two then uh Weeble gives you three months free so you can actually oh, okay step a foot into like the next level of stuff how, um, how much is it to get level two i think it's 2.99 a month 2.99 Yes. Oh, that, which, that, that's not bad. It's wait, it's wait, not wait. worth it. If, are we talking about well, are we talking about two dollars and ninety nine cents or two hundred and ninety nine dollars? There's a difference there. Two dollars and ninety nine cents in, in the <laughs> world of investments. Yes, that would numbers can get that pretty high that that high pretty quickly um, with some investment products. So. Yeah, it's two ninety nine, and I believe that is the price, not by Weeble. I believe that's the price from the institution that does it. There's certain institutions. I'm not quite too sure about it myself. Um, but yeah, it's two ninety nine, not that expensive. Level three, you can't get access to. It's 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 the big boys club for level right. three. Right, right. It's like not not allowed for us little peasants. So if Given that, given you only have level one or level two information, especially when you have level one day trading, not very safe. Or uh, options trading, it's more safe, I'd say, but 
you you probably want that level two information when you're doing options options trading. Uh, you also want like strategists and uh, analysts information and um thoughts on a certain asset. All right, what so what is options trading versus so obviously day trading is like you you're you're buying a stock at a certain price and then throughout the day you sell it uh when it hits like the certain threshold that you're looking for, right? So what's the difference yep. between that and options trading? So options trading is pretty much an agreement. It's 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 called options trading because it's giving you the option to buy or sell a certain underlying uh, asset at a certain price. You are paying a premium. Okay, let's say you uh, throw out a stock. Uh, Facebook. Facebook. Oh, that's a good one. Um, let's say I want to buy Facebook stock at a good price, which right now I think actually is a good price. Uh, it's it's like almost $100 below what it was a couple months ago. Um, but Facebook, let's say Facebook. You can say, I want the option to buy Facebook at X price at this date. And then you are, you are going to be paying a premium for that right. Uh, kind of like if at the, at the Humane Society, you're like, ooh, I'm not too sure about getting this dog. I want, I want to like reserve it, basically. Reserve it at this price. Okay, sure. That makes sense. And that's how people can make money off of that, too. So let's say Facebook, for some reason, Zuckerberg does something amazing with Facebook and the sky, the stock skyrockets to $400. But you had a contract that said uh, at this date or between this date and this date, I can buy it at this price or no. Sorry. I'm thinking about something else at this date, at the expiration date, I can buy it at this price, even though it says $400. I said uh, 220 and then you just realize the gain between the two. So that's like, that's if you think um, the market is going to go up. Now you could also sell it where you think the opposite is going to happen. And those are called calls. On the opposite side of that, there's these things called puts, which you are the one getting the premium for it. Okay. So if you buy a put, that means you are willing to sell your share. Let's say you have 100 shares of Tesla. Woohoo. If you have 100 shares of Tesla and you put a put, or you buy a put, you are willing to sell your stock at a certain price for a certain amount of money you're going to get back in premium. Okay. And between these strategies, you can um, potentially um, build your wealth very quickly. Or if you already have a very large portfolio, uh, you can basically make dividends on it by doing that uh, through other investors' strategies failing, pretty much. Okay. So I'm... Okay, so... 
as far as all uh, like stocks and money goes, I am one of the most incompetent people around. I gotta be honest. And even though you've been telling me for years, like all kinds of different things, like how things work, you've been explaining this to me dozens of times. Uh, I'm still so lost right now, honestly. Um, so the call, what, what was the call again? The call is like when you, what call was that? Is, call is typically used when you don't have the stock and you want to buy it at a certain price. Okay. Or, or you, if you're selling it in a call, you typically... How can I describe this? Typically, like the standard one is you you would have you want the stock at a certain price. You think it's going to appreciate. You want to get it for cheaper. That is a call, a buying a call. Then buying a put is you own the stock already. You think that the stock is going to go down. You're going to get not necessarily go down. Um, you're just going to put it up for a certain price and then. uh uh, get premium if that get premium no matter what but if it reaches that point you lose that stock but you still get the premium okay you, you, so you don't lose it as in like you, you it disappears you it sells it right and then right, you right, get the right. premium okay um so is it similar in all at all to the the feature that robin hood has which I, like I said, I'm I'm kind of dumb here, but I know that Robinhood has a feature where you can set a certain uh, price threshold on a, on a on your on your shares of a stock that once it hits, I just dumped water all over my legs. Send help. I just bro, send help. Um, what was I saying? So there's a th certain threshold. Um, and once the stock reaches that threshold, it automatically sells it. Is that similar at all to what you're talking about? Uh, no, those are those are conditional uh, orders. Okay. That um, many brokerages really, if a if a brokerage has more of these, it's better because it allows you to protect or enhance the uh, the trade you're trying to do uh, with options or with uh, regular uh, stocks, ETFs, anything like that. All right. uh, one of my favorite ones is cancel the other uh, OT or sorry. It's usually labeled as uh, OCO on a, on a brokerage. And it just means one cancels the other order. Uh, it, it combines a stop order and a limit order, which you're going to have to look up yourself uh, a stock a stop order is uh, when a price needs to move to a particular point to stop the trade of it. So if you, let's say you buy a stock, well, in, in you buying the stock, you want to, it's a good example. Tesla, it just went down a bunch. Um, let's say you, Let's say you buy it at $1,000 and then today you saw it go down to 980. Let's say you had a stop order at 980. It would sell that stock at that point 
to prevent it from dipping below um, that point sure. in your portfolio. Kind of like an insurance um, policy. Yes. So basically, um, let's just say that it's like, so basically you put it on a stock and then if the price starts dipping, it sells it before you lose too much. So basically when you, when you put the stop on, you're saying this is the lowest I'm willing to sell this stock for. If it goes below that, I'm losing money and and I'm not getting a, a high enough margin. So the stop basically just says, once it hits this point, get rid of it. I don't want it. And it's like an automatic thing. Yep, that's called a stop loss order. Stop loss and order. Yep. And then there's a there's the other direction where you're buying it. Um and that's a limit order where you don't want the price to go too up or too high up of a underlying asset. Otherwise, uh you just don't think it's worth it. So let's say ooh, what's a stock that was worth a lot? GameStop. GameStop. Yeah, that's a good example. Let's say you're like, I'm going to dig my heel into the into this uh, opportunity here and buy it at this price. But I don't want to pay more for this because I think I'm going to lose it. That's what that is. Uh, then you can get an OCO, which basically combines both those together to say when you have the stock, sell it at a certain point. Um, so I can realize the gain. Uh, what's a good example of this? A good fluctuating stock, Tesla again. Um, you can say I buy it at a thousand dollars. If it fluctuates ten percent uh, to one hundred or one thousand one hundred, sell it. If it fluctuates down to five five uh, percent, down to nine hundred and fifty, sell it. It's to prevent loss, and then. Uh, capitalize on when you are happy with the returns okay that makes sense yeah so it's called a a stop level a stop a stop what now the combination of those two are called uh one cancels the other order or oco okay okay and then those are different from the other thing we were talking about where uh what was it you said where the what was the thing you were talking about right before before I uh, brought up the, you know, the, the loss level and all that. It was uh, something similar that you were saying. I actually don't know. <laughs> oh my gosh. It was, what was it? What was it? It was, um, I don't know. I'm lost. No idea what we were saying. I know how you were saying that, uh, I've tried telling you this many, 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 many times. Lots um, of times. Maybe not the entire concept of the financial system of the United States, but um, little bits and pieces. I think with Weeble, they actually have uh, something called, I don't want to get this wrong. They have an actual word for it. It's called paper trading, which is basically play money built into their uh, desktop software. In which you can, it gives, I think it's if you, it gives you a hundred thousand dollars or a million dollars to just play around with. Oh, okay. uh, I have not found out how to reset this. So basically they they uh, just give you a whole bunch of like 
fake money that you can put onto stocks and to like kind of get an idea for how the market works and to see what how potential trades would have happened yep that's that's really interesting i like that a lot and it it allows you to do everything on here so if you want to quote unquote trade on margin which just means borrow borrow money from an institution to trade don't do that that's that's a bad idea that's a terrible idea it's it's like getting a loan for a car expecting the car to go up in appreciation yeah it's it's, terrible idea um you can use it to either get uh familiar with all the features of weeble desktop without putting money into it or you can um use it just to play around see if your strategies actually work uh the way that you think they're gonna going going to play out uh, build your confidence in certain things because investing is not really as as many people would like to say about it. Um, you can go to school for a couple of years, um, but anything beyond like a technical college, I think you're just into the you're just into the range of just like weird, obscure patterns and learning about stuff that isn't going to be extremely relevant. Sure, um, because. By the point you've been into a technical college or even like a three, four year college, um, you've learned everything about the economy. Really, stocks are just or investing in general is just understanding what the market will do from certain situations that happen in the economy. That is it. Yeah, and it's a lot of it, I think, is probably just knowledge about the companies themselves and getting deep yes. into what they're doing. Like, for example, if if you had inside knowledge that Elon Musk was about was about to buy nine percent of Twitter, you would have bought like you would have liquidated all your resources and bought as many shares of Twitter as you can, because you know what happened to those shares right after that happened. Right. Yeah, it went up by like 40 or 30 percent. Yeah, skyrocketed. Um, It was a straight wall of increase. And so um, like it's. Where was I going with that? What did I start out with? Holy cow, I was making a good point. <laughs> insider, insider trading is illegal though, so. Yes, insider trading. Oh, right, right. Yeah. Well, I mean, yes. Yes it is. It's absolutely illegal. Um, but like I don't know where I was going. I had a good point. But anyway, like that's some of the interesting things about stocks. And um I think that Oh, I I know I know what I was saying. I know what I was saying. I was saying uh, it comes to comes down to just knowledge about companies. So, yes. how what's like the best way to get that knowledge to like learn what certain companies are doing? How do you figure out um, when Apple is announcing their new product or when General Electric uh, signs a new deal with Samsung or something? Like, how do you get that knowledge? So it's all coming. It's you just got to follow the news in in things like that. Things with actual unveils or product releases, deals, you have to follow the news. Um, Earnings reports, you got to closely follow it throughout the year or uh, quarter, depending on which kind of company you're following. Um, You just have to follow a lot of the patterns. So like, I believe it is Apple that makes a new iphone pretty much every spring i believe yeah pretty much and 
So that would cause uh, that to happen. Uh, the, the stock price to go up through new manufacturing of the new iPhones, uh, people getting new iPhones. But at the same time, I think it was a couple of years ago, people are like, Apple stocks, they basically have reached their cap. So like once these old phones are no longer used, that's when they're going to get a new iPhone, not when the new iPhone comes out. They're not going to replace their their 12 with a 13 or their 13 with their 14. Um, well, that's because about... all the new iPhones are so similar. Yeah. Uh, it, it's like another thing. You have observed that all the iPhones are so similar. You got companies like Samsung. I think they're decent. They're a good company that knows how to make phones and they're actually applying pressure on Apple that you can see that is a good thing or a bad thing for, for, for Apple. Uh, having heavy competition will in the short term reduce the stock price or lower the dividend that you get off of it because of reduced earnings. But in the end, I think that Apple would be a stronger company because of it because you got some good competition over there. Well, that's just um, that's just the basic concept of capitalism. Yeah. Competition breeds innovation. Mm-hmm. But so and, what's a good are there any good resources for like people just getting jumping into this massive world? Uh, good resources that like gi- that give good advice on investment uh, on investments. I mean, obviously not everything's going to be accurate, but I know in Robinhood because I, I played around with it. It had a lot of uh, news about current events in within different different companies and different uh, different different stocks. Is there like a one really good resource that you recommend that people can like just learn as much as they possibly can? So if you're looking in for, I'll backtrack a little bit. If you were trying to learn about stocks themselves, learn about investing themselves, uh, Market Watch. Uh, I think it's owned by NBC. I think. Uh, they are owned. No, they are owned by Dow Jones. There's news on here. Um, but there's also like, there's news, there's articles, but then there's also like an academy on there where they teach you from like the very basics of what buying a stock means and how ownership of a company works to uh, all the way up to options trading, trading with margin, everything. And there's even a virtual stock exchange video game on there that a lot of people do in like middle school or high school. Okay. uh, uh, To just give a basic uh, training on how the economy works. Okay. so, um, So market watch, great resource. Great resource for learning about how the economy works. Um, if you're looking more into news, I believe Barron's is also part of their same Dow Jones network. How do you spell that? B-A-R-R-O-N-S. Uh, it's more news. And it's, it's basically just news about, uh, investment assets. And that's pretty much it. <clears throat> And then there's um, companies like you just don't want to go to like Barron's and Market Watch. You want to go to 
different resources with different analysts where most people agree with each other. Or if you follow certain investors that you personally like, um, then you can, you know, follow what they're doing. Like uh, Kathy Wood runs ARK Investments. They made a massive play on Tesla and a couple other stocks in the past two years that resulted in them being their stock, other ETF going over 100% in one year, which is 10 times higher than like the average growth of the United States economy. Oh, wow. So you people might follow Kathy Wood for that and her um, ARK investment uh, funds. Uh, other resources, Seeking Alpha. I do currently have a free prescri- or subscription there uh, for like another month. It's decent. You can link all your portfolios onto there. Um, there's a, a stock or asset uh, screener in there, but a lot of different um, websites and applications have screeners in them. <clears throat> uh, what's some other resources we can have? What do you think about, have you ever heard of the Motley Fool? Do you know that website? Oh, yes. Yep, that's a good one. Is it a good um, one? Because I haven't spent much time in it and I'm obviously not not an expert, but it seem, they seem to be really clickbaity. So that's with all of them. So like Seeking Alpha, uh, Barron's Market, maybe not Market Watch, because they're more supposed, they're more institutional. Uh, there's another one I'm forgetting. The Motley Fool. They all are trying to sell a product of you getting uh, like a monthly newsletter from them, basically. Sure. Um, so yeah, they're going to be clickbaity. Uh, but fo- you can follow with... What I would do is look at the stock that they're talking about and see if what they're saying makes sense. And if it makes sense, I might in- investigate it further. And, oh, their earning reports are good. They're growing their dividend. Their uh, their cost of goods sold is slowly decreasing as their profits increase So, or as the revenue increases. So stuff like that you might want to look into. Sure. Um, if you're looking into all these details of companies, Yahoo Finance is really good. Um, again, I have to come back to like uh, Webull because right now I have on my screen my my entire uh, portfolio, and I can just search up here Tesla stock, go into financials, and find out that. Um, their year-over-year total revenue has increased 64.92%, which is... Did you just say 69.42%? 64.92%. I'm, bro, I'm just coming up with numbers here. I thought for sure, I for a second there, I thought absolutely for sh- sure that Elon Musk's t- stocks went up 69.420%. I could have sworn <laughs> that's what you said. No. <laughs> that would have been elite, though. That would have been such an Elon Musk moment. That guy's crazy. That's year over, that's year, over year for the quarter. If I wanted to look on um, annual, um, we're looking at 
70.67 total revenue increase. We are, they have just the financials of a company is actually quite interesting to look through because you can see where they're spending money. And if you think they're spending money like an idiot, just don't spend your money into that company uh, through investments. Like uh, there's zero depreciation and immoralization on Tesla. There's zero put into other assets or other uh, expenses, but there's an increased amount in research and development costs. I, is that a good thing or is that a bad thing? That, you know... I mean, a, a, an industry. increase in R&D at Tesla is probably a very good thing. Yep. And then marketing... Ooh, but then I see, ooh, marketing and administrative expenses has gone up 43.62% this last year. I, I Maybe I don't like that. But then I think over... over just think about how gross profit is increasing total revenue is increasing cost of revenue is um should decrease it should it should increase as you scale a business but it should decrease as you build out a business right yeah it that makes sense it should uh the cost it's basically cost of revenue is um your like in a case of like walmart they buy the merchandise they pay the employees they pay the rents and stuff rent and stuff like that it's the cost that came to make that profit which is basically sorry no that's that's something different that's just <laughs> that's just revenue versus uh, expenses uh cost of revenue is just service and um goods just those to produce a product or service so in the case of walmart uh buying the product um bring it to the warehouse bring it to the store unloading it unpackaging it putting it on the shelf uh, all those expenses adding up to the cost of goods sold basically i don't know why it says doesn't say cost of goods sold, but it's pretty uh, much the same thing. Sure. Uh, that makes sense. So, okay. So this is all very intense, very way above my head, but it, it seems to me like the most important thing to do is to just research one single company, figure out everything about them and then invest in them. If you, if you think that's a good idea and then, and if not move on to some other company, I think for for myself, when I was first taking a look at all of this, um, what the, the approach I took was just looking at the uh, the their their uh, the 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 market share of the stock over the last week, month, three months, year, ten years. You know, I would look at that chart and then make that, a decision based on that. But it's like more intense than that. You should really know the company before you make any kind of decision yeah yeah i would say know the company but part of knowing the company is also knowing their competitors and then also knowing the ecosystem in which they are in so uh, pharmaceuticals that's a highly regulated um industry in most countries um do you want to also you want to know mainly about the company itself 
you have you, you know the saying like uh um close with your friends but closer with your enemies or something yeah. like that yeah 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 something like that you want to do that with your um if you're looking at tesla you want to look at neo you want to look at nikola you want to look at uh ford even or your volkswagen uh all the different car companies and different electronics companies possibly like uh samsung is a supplier i believe of uh some some battery uh materials i believe i might might, might be misremembering something you want to see their financial health because it feeds into tesla's financial health yeah that makes uh, sense it's all about yeah you want to get tesla stock but how about how about neo are they doing good what what if we take market share away from them it's about that kind of stuff uh, then you just want to know about how the economy of a country or the world economy is doing, because no matter what, if there's going to be a recession, it's going to hit everybody except for your like, uh, necessary stocks, but even those are going to be hit like Walmart or target or, uh, what's another one I can think of. Amazon craft, Hines. craft Heinz, Amazon might take a big hit uh people canceling prime if they have less revenue to spend on it okay sure yeah uh, absolutely um it's mainly about knowing the company and its competitors suppliers uh, don't just jump into uh jump don't just jump into an ocean jump into a a pond first. Ooh, I like that. That's a good way of putting it. Um, you really need to become familiar with what you're doing before you, uh, you know, break your piggy bank and lose it all. <laughs> yeah, I, I, I don't think I've made. I, I don't think I've made money on the stock market. If I'm being honest, I think I'm probably at a deficit, but I haven't put that much in. What's a, what's a, what, what's probably the best way for a, I guess. At, at, aspiring uh, day trader, I guess I'll say maybe not, maybe not aspiring day trader, but what's the best way for a noob to get to understand the stock market and to um, begin investing? Like how, what's a great beginner investment method, I guess is what I'm trying to say. So if you have a, if I'm guessing if you're a beginner, you don't have much capital. So day trading is like not an option for you. Right. Yeah. Um, because you, it, it goes down. Well, you just lost your life savings, basically, even if it was twenty five dollars. Um, don't day trade unless you you basically got the nerd glasses on with a little tape in the middle. Like it's it's a smart thing to do. You gotta you gotta really track your financials and everything of companies and have uh sixteen monitors open with the uh, uh three hundred stocks running and. It's it's something you don't want to do, but there's a couple different strategies you can look at as a beginner. Uh, one that I did, not recommending it, because like I would stay up until like two o'clock in the morning, kind of worrying about it. Even if it was a couple hundred dollars, you know, I, I would still worry about it. Um, is options trading, and from that, I've built a strategy in options. 
on my Robinhood account, and I've gone from $100 about three months ago to 6000 Okay. Like three days ago. I did not put a single dollar more in there. Really? So, nope. In how much time? About three months. Okay, you're going to have to explain so, that to me because that sounds outrageous. <laughs> you went from 100 bucks, one Benjamin, to six grand in three months. Yeah, it's just a bunch of trades. Um, careful trades in options. Um, that's about it. Man, I'm going to have to like float you some cash and just tell you to trade for me, bro, because you're like an expert at this already. And you're are you are you 21 yet? Yes. Yeah. OK, I couldn't remember if you were a bit older than me or a bit younger, but bro, you're you're freaking 21 and you're an absolute uh, you're, you're 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 insane at this already and you're still a kid bro that's insane yeah it's not it's about luck sometimes but uh once once you i i don't understand the things like i opened up uh, a window earlier today and i just it was just full of numbers and i was like a little terrified of it like so it's it's something you have to slowly learn take bites of it bites of information not not don't don't dunk the whole cookie in the in the in the milk right okay eat it that way um yeah you gotta take it bit by bit um i would recommend just starting with if you just start with small amounts small amounts of fractional trades track your money pretty avidly maybe do monthly um reoccurring transactions from your paycheck so you just slowly build it up you don't want to throw all of your money into one trade either because i i looked at a trade i was going to do an options trade yesterday uh to start this monday and the potential upside of it was like $400 uh and the potential downside was 40 cuz i was paying $1 per trade but the maximum upside per trade was $10 yeah and so i was going to do that and i could have it's an amazing trade the the stock the underlying stock needed to be within like 15 points of where it was right now and i only put like uh, $20 into it because uh, even those $20, I don't want to lose that. But but the, the potential upside is like hundreds of dollars, but I didn't put all that much money into it. Did it work out? Uh, I don't know yet. It expires uh, May 20th. Oh, so you still got a little bit on that. Yep. So, so this is something we've been talking about a little bit, but uh, do you still have a Tesla coming, bro? Yes. Uh, let me actually bring that up. I I'm so excited for that because you've been you've been you've been working so hard for that, and you actually finally were able to order your Tesla last year. It, like, tell me tell me about the order, bro. Is it coming soon? So it keeps getting they keep pushing it back because, um, it's mainly because I don't have a, I do have one in, but I haven't set it up. Uh, for a trade-in. Oh. 
And then I also have not had the loan confirmation through there. So Bro. Uh, I'm building up the capital so that once I do get it, my loan payments are only slightly higher than what they are right now. And it won't be a 2013 um, Chevy Malibu. It'll be a 2022 uh, Tesla Model Y. Model Y. And uh, I know, so I've, I've, my knowledge of Tesla has gone up a lot since we last talked. The X is the SUV thing, like the, the crossover type thing, right? Mm-hmm. And then the three is the standard sedan. Which one was the S? The S is the luxury sedan. It's Elon Musk's favorite vehicle. It's the one he personally drives. Okay. And then the Y is, which one is that? That is the, uh, what is that called? It is a midsize SUV what you gotta do is get a model s plaid that sounds like uh (laughs) you know about that car right you know about the model s plaid yeah it's kind of ridiculous like like fastest car ever i don't see you gotta think about this this isn't this isn't like your two-seater ferrari this isn't your like nascar like one half a seat uh, like nascar vehicle yeah it has like everything but like the steel ripped out um this is a family it's an expensive vehicle it's 130 something thousand dollars but it's still a sedan it's a four-door economy sedan bro and this thing goes zero to 60 in 1.9 seconds it's insane that's absurd that shouldn't be a thing yeah that's like the that's like i think that might be the fastest zero to 60 speed in a production car i'm not entirely sure but it's def there's not much faster than that and the new roadster is supposed to go faster than that because Elon <laughs> Musk is strapping a, a freaking rocket to the back of that thing. Yep. <laughs> uh, yeah, they, they got to make that. Uh, basically, what the, the Model S Plaid right now is. Is very close to what the Roadster is supposed to be. And I think isn't the Roadster. A, the Roadster is still a four seater, right? Uh, the first one, the first one wasn't, but I don't know about the, the new one. The original Tesla Roadster was a two seater. It was just a coupe, but, um, I don't know about the new one. I've seen, they mostly advertise the new Roadster in red. Uh, red is flashy. Oh, the, it's but. coming out this year too. The Roadster, uh, I don't know about that. Well, that's what they say. Yes. But have you seen... Okay, you can look up the pictures of the Roadster, but have you seen it in white? Uh, No, but I'm on the website right now, and it's only on red. I'm trying to see if it's in white anywhere. Everything's in CGI, except for the white one, I think. The red one, actually, no. The white one was seen up close by like people and visitors at like I think it was Giga Berlin um unveil. You know what the front of the Tesla Roadster reminds me of the front end with those headlights? It looks 
It looks very, very similar to the Lycan Hypersport, a fictional car from the Fast and Furious uh, series of movies. I think it was from like Fast 6, no, Fast 7, Fast and Furious 7. Pull up a picture of that real quick and, and yeah. just tell me that that doesn't look like the Tesla Roadster. It looks like a simplified version of the Hypersport, yeah. It absolutely does. And every time I see that, I, I think that. It also has similar vibes to the Porsche Taycan, Taycan, whatever whatever the heck. I don't know, yeah, Porsche yeah. Taycan uh, with that headlight and design. I, listen, man, I am, I am, you know me, I'm a big, big fan of combustion engines. Nothing gets me going more than a big rumbling V8 engine, you know? But that car gets me excited, the Tesla Roadster. Any Tesla gets me excited. The Roadster is going to be great. The fact that like, oh, geez, the fact that uh, the semi truck, the Tesla semi truck can pretty much compete, not in a race, but like. With like just a regular combustion car, like SUV or something like that. Is it, it, it the, the, the semi truck goes zero to 60 in like six seconds, right? Or is it? I think it's something like that. I think it's I think it's 10 seconds. 10, 10 seconds sounds more accurate, but that's absurd because just a normal semi truck goes. It, it takes almost it takes several minutes. Yeah, I think it's. 30 seconds or I'm misremembering a statistic, right? Something like that. But like the just the fact that they have that in production and I was listening to um, the Joe Rogan uh, episode with Elon Musk because I'm, I'm I'm absolutely fascinated with everything they've got going on, and when it, when he when he said that I, I was just so blown away by that. Like it's it's insane to think that we are at a point where electric cars are not only viable but they're better in a lot of ways than uh, like just standard combustion engines, which is crazy to think about because like even five years ago that wasn't the case. Mm-hmm. I mean, five so, years ago the, the the Teslas were starting to really gain some ground, but they weren't anywhere near where they are now. Yeah, <laughs> the uh, the only problem with the Teslas as it is right now. They can improve performance and price and just build quality and everything um, just by reducing the cost of the battery or reducing the size and cost of the battery. If they do that, every single other part of it could be 10 times better. Yeah, um, honestly. Because because that is the heaviest part of the vehicle. And I've driven a Y. I, I've personally driven a Y on the in the streets of Madison and I went onto the highway and I was like, oh oops, I'm going 90. Yeah, I know you were in telling an, me that. Oops, I'm going 90 on an SUV in an S, it's an SUV. Like any other vehicle, that's when your vehicle starts to like rattle from the wind or something. Honestly. Like it, it was kind of insane. I was just casually going 90. So why did you why did you pick the the Model Y as opposed to the 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 other the other cars? So the Y is their newest of the four that they have of the sexy lineup. <laughs> I love that, by the way. Uh, it's the newest of their of the four vehicles, and I wanted the roof to be all like glass or tempered glass or whatever it's called. Sure. 
so that if somebody was in the passenger seat, they could look up and they if like let's just say I was going through New York. Obviously, I wouldn't be doing that with a Tesla, um, you know, hundreds of miles away. Right. But of course. You can look up, you can just see buildings and you're just like, whoa. That's that's just interesting. And um, I went with a Y over the. Three for that reason, um, more headroom in the in the vehicle, higher clearance. Um, I think it had larger range. And I, it could tow things if I wanted it to. OK, all right. And. It's got a larger trunk. Um. I opened up my trunk a couple of days ago and I uh, on the on the uh, Malibu that I have and I just realized that it's full. And I'm like, I don't even remember putting any of this stuff in here. Mm-hmm. All that's in there is a spare tire and. The Communist Manifesto. Yep. And. <laughs> uh, And like. Like. What is it called? A dress shirt. That's it. So do you keep a, do you keep a communist manifesto on you at all times for emergencies? I mean, it's right next to your Um, spare tire. (laughs) I, I, the fact that I forgot it was in there, you know, you know, it is what it is. Yeah. I honestly, now I probably would have gone close more with the, the model X. I feel like I, I feel like that one's more my jam. Um, of, of the of the of the four that are out right now, obviously I I like trucks, so the Cybertruck really gets me going when I see that thing. That's that's so super cool. But I just love the uh, the 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 doors. What are they called? The Falcon doors? Is that what they what he called them? Yeah, that is yep, so super cool. On the uh, the Model yeah. X. The only reason I didn't get like the X or the S is the cost. That's yeah, I just realized how expensive the X is. Goodness gracious. Cybertruck, though, because they are the it's kind of like built like a beetle is not not like the vehicle, a beetle, like the actual like bug. <laughs> um, How they have like an exoskeleton. Sure. It is so much lighter and so much cheaper to make than like any other vehicle. And they don't have to have a paint shop either because the stainless steel is the paint uh, that's which is really cool i mean not not many i don't think a single car has done stainless steel since the uh uh what is it what is it the um delorean that's the only car i can think of that has done stainless steel finish mm-hmm. and i think that's kind of an homage to the delorean it's gotta this be this is elon musk we're talking about it, it has to be there's no way it's not and that thing is it's bulletproof up to a 45 is what I, I what I heard. I don't know about that. I because I, I don't really look into the Cybertruck, but I do like the concept of it. I, I kind of just ignored it after my parents said they would disown me after I uh, <laughs> uh, put interest in it. Um, it's a really interesting vehicle. Um, do I? I don't really see the Cybertruck selling a lot, but I think the people who have it will love it a lot. It's just it's such a unique design that only it's only going to have a small fan base. Kind of, I guess, exactly like the uh, 
DeLorean. Yeah, right. that makes sense. Um, and unlike the DeLorean, this thing can actually go like 88 miles per hour. Yeah, so, right? Isn't that funny how the, the actual DeLorean can't go 88 miles per hour? Uh, yeah. And it's... Damn, they should remake those movies. Dude, I... This cyber truck. <laughs> um, first of all, I'm not sure how I feel about that idea. That's that's whack. That's weird. I don't know, man. Recreating Back to the Future, but with a cyber truck. That's wild. So, so, so you're you do you officially like have a Tesla with your name on it yet, or are what like are you just like? Because I remember you saying something like you actually had one ordered and it was coming at a specific date, but now it sounds more like you're just waiting on. A few other things like what's going on there so i just need the loan That's okay it. all right so just and wait just trying to convince uh convince a bank to give you money for it yeah if, um basically saying hey i got 60 70 percent of this money right here right now i just need the 30 percent yeah i thought you had i thought you had enough to buy it out right though and maybe uh, you do. I don't want to. I don't want to like leak your leak your money on, uh, on 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 the thing here. But like, are are you just going for more of a like building credit kind of lineup, or do you actually not have mm. enough to buy it outright? Overall, I have enough to buy it outright if I wanted to. Right. But that would, but then you would lose uh, enough of your portfolio, and it wouldn't be worth doing, really, because you need that money to keep working for you, right? There's that, and um, many of the things that I own are still within the one year of owning it. Stock, like if, if you own a stock for a certain amount of time, uh, which is a year, it's taxed at your income level rather than the um, base level of fifteen percent after a year. That's the difference between long and short-term stock ownership. Oh, right, right, right. Okay, yeah, that make that. I get that. That makes sense. Well, man, you so, got to you got to take me for a ride when you get it. Oh yeah, it definitely. Why not, dude? Just, like just, that would be fun. I got. I actually got pulled over a couple days ago because I have a tablet in my front seat. Okay. Yep. It's just, just like a, the touch screen for the car, right? Yeah. Um. And. They were like, oh, Tesla has it, but you can't. And I'm just like, man, what? that sucks. Yeah. <laughs> uh, that was great. That's lame. Like, man, my buddy was watching Rick and Morty. Uh, <laughs> that's isn't that weird? Uh, dude, like, it's so weird that you have an iPad or even bigger than that in, in the front of cars now. Just massive yeah. touch screens. And uh, I'm not a big fan of touchscreens in the cars because I, I like more analog buttons and switches. I mean, it's a lot easier to uh, uh, manipulate them and do what you actually want to do. But I, I feel like every single new car these days is going to only touch controls like it's a new fad or whatever. But and that was really started by by the Tesla. And I don't I, I don't see it. I, I see. I, th I think it might end up not going well the the more touchscreens yeah, we put in the cars um yeah yeah that's right uh 
the screen there's just not enough screen real estate and um it's better to have tactile objects for you to respond to um in situations so uh, well i think it was the model s that just got the um new steering wheel the steering yoke am i right in saying that i think it was them that what that vehicle they have the yoke and they've actually put the uh gear change why can i not come up with a word for that the gear changing the shifter stick the shift sticker stick the, the shift stick yes <laughs> <laughs> Um, um yes it was the the model s and the new model and the model x has it too yeah they built it into the screen now and it like oh, when you, that's gross when you put your your foot on the accelerator now it just automatically goes but like it just has to know if it's going backward or forward it just has to guess oh yeah i i actually did hear about that i heard that like it just automatically guesses whether or not you want to go forwards or backwards, which first of all, I don't trust anything to do that other than my own eyes. I don't even like using backup cameras. Okay. So I, I'm not going to like if a, if a, if a car is like, you know what, we're going backwards when I actually mean to go forwards. Is there, is there any mm -hmm. way to like override it or, or, or whatever, or are you just stuck with it? I'm not sure about that. I actually haven't been keeping up with Tesla a lot over the past couple of months. Uh, I was more when I was in the in the stage of do I get this or not? But, you know, I I ordered one already, so I can't really change my mind now. Right. I mean, you probably could, but the, the Elon yeah. Musk wouldn't be happy with you and he'd probably come uh, visit you in your sleep. Yeah, he would give me the Musk. Oh, um, no, I'm not. I don't like the sound of that. So, I've actually tried full self-driving. Yes. When I was in when I was in Madison doing this, scared the shit out of my passengers that were with me. I bet it was, it was funny as hell. That would scare um, me. Being the driver, I was on the highway. And I decided I'm just going to double tap the the shifter <laughs> uh, to put it in the doo doo. And it just went into full self driving. I mean, not full self driving. It was in guided driving. I yeah. could do lane changes. If I wanted to change lanes, it could do it automatically for me. Wow. Uh, um, I didn't have to touch the accelerator. You don't call it the gas pedal because. There's no gas. But the <laughs> yeah, there's no um, gas. No, <laughs> I love that. That was that was really cool. I just just the fact that I could just like kind of chill out a little bit. Obviously, you want to be still attentive, but like it was just like it's not the fact that I could use that a lot, or like it could be an excuse for me to just chill in the vehicle. It was just cool that technology has reached to that point where i think i think if all vehicles had the full self-driving thing the software right now let's say if there was legislation or 
I don't know, some somebody got their wishes and that every vehicle became full self-driving overnight. Um, the technology is already there to do that because programming allows for no programming understands how roads work. They have maps, they have all that stuff. The br- largest problem with um, full self-driving right now is predicting what the hell the human driver is going to do. Which is impossible. Yes. I let, um, you t- l- let me tell you, there, there's some there's some people out there that there's no predicting how they're going to react on a road. Like, uh, on my way to work, I, I take a certain route just so I have to only take one turn on a roundabout. It takes mm-hmm. like an extra five minutes. It's just because I hate going around those roundabouts. And that's me driving myself. I can't imagine what it is for a computer with only like eight eyes and is only like what five years old to be like, ah, yes, uh, that that one's gonna stop. Just yeah, right. Yeah, it's 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 pretty bad for roundabouts. Everything else though, it kind of got used to how bad Americans are at driving. So, um. Full self-driving, if they were the only ones on the road, even if there was a lot of them on the road, I think we'd already be at that technology. We, we already have it. Um, it's just predicting interesting situations. It's going to be interesting to see where all this self-driving stuff leads. I mean, if, if yeah. you think about it, five years ago is when it was first like starting to exist right five years is not a lot of time for technological advancement i mean you look at it when it was first implemented versus now it's a world of difference so imagine five more years from now how advanced is it going to be i think we might be getting to the point where those cars will be the automatic driving in those will be so good you won't even need to put use any input I mean, obviously, yeah. there's going to be still the, the crazy people on the roads. But w- when do you think we get to the point where driving to work is just you sitting in a steel cage? So Elon Musk himself, um, going from, well, I think he lives in like a $40,000 house or something weird like that. Yeah, he's crazy. He's he's one of the richest men in the world, but he he drives a pretty reasonable car. He Lives in a reasonable house. It's weird. Yeah, he's, he's a weird guy. Um, so from his house, from this is back when he was in California. Uh, did a lot more things in California. He would, you know, how busy and bad the roads are over there. Yeah. Uh, he drove there from his house to like uh the Fremont factory, I believe it was, in Fremont, California. And uh, didn't have to really touch the steering wheel at all. Just drove itself like 90% of the way. That's crazy. He he always had the newest version, like the one that was newer than the public version. Of course. Um, But yeah, he drove himself to work or his car company. His car's company's car drove himself to work. (laughs) Yeah. Um so that was uh pretty I think it's within very soon, just very soon. 
Uh, we already see it with um, like people like DoorDash drivers and uh, you know your your uh, Ubers in the, of the world. They're trying to heavily invest in this type of stuff. Um, and you can also see it when like DoorDash first started. Uh, you would actually get a lot more per per mile um, driven. And you can start to see that slowly reduce as um, optimization and technology gets better and better and there's less competition. Um, the drivers are getting less. Uh, but <clears throat> eventually it's going to reach a point in which no one's going to want to drive for those uh, companies just through um, their own cost-cutting uh, methods. Let's say, uh, I think DoorDash is going to be the one that goes bankrupt. First, really? Actually. You think so? Yeah. Yeah. Um, Uber owns Uber, obviously. Uh, Uber Eats, and they also own Grubhub. Yep. So um, I think they're going to go, uh, I think DoorDash is going to go bankrupt uh, just because they don't have capital or the business model behind themselves for that. Um, Grubhub continues, can continue to lose money. For a while. Uh, DoorDash has never been profitable. And Uber has, you know, not just the food, but also Uber itself, you know, driving people yes. around, which is very useful. I mean, we're going to be getting an Uber when we go to California this summer. So, I mean, everybody's using an Uber. A Uber is the new taxi. Yep. So, give it a few years, that technology will be um, fully automated which will reduce costs for a lot of different things. That reminds me of the, the Tesla Semi. They actually are, are developing a convoy system in which, for now, because, you know, semi-trucks are semi-trucks, um, you know, lots, like 40,000 pounds behind them. Yeah. They're doing this convoy system in which you might have, like, three um, vehicles, be, or, sorry, two vehicles following the um, the driver, the the human controlled Tesla semi will have two artificial AI intelligence drivers, but uh, following in the convoy. Yes. Yeah. So it'd be that. If you think about it, one of the largest costs of semi driving is the employees. Um, yeah, they make, actually, they, they make bank and there's a shortage of them right now. So, yeah. $20 an hour to be on the road most of your year isn't that great. But once you get into like a private fleet, um, let me think of companies that have a private fleet. Uh, Walmart has a private fleet and then, oh geez, there's a couple other ones that have private fleets. They pay them up to like $90,000 a year. And you can quickly see how that would easily um eat into your cost of goods sold. Yeah, like like truck drivers make a lot of money. I mean, you can easily make six figures doing it, especially if you're driving over the road, uh, cr you know, cross country rather than just like local routes. It, it's crazy um, the how much they get paid and yet they're still like under, there's still like not enough of them for some reason. It's, yep. cr it's crazy to think that there's so many good, really high paying jobs out there, but there's still not, getting the people they want. And instead people are working everywhere else, you know, <laughs> yeah. I don't know. It's just weird to think about. People and it's, it's, 
it might ahead. be like a balance imbalance between life and work especially with like something with uh a semi-truck driver but if you're if you're early 20s that's a good gig early 20s you're trained oh, yeah. up you're good to go um that that's a good gig so yeah um there's something okay i have this argument with people all the time people get pissed off about this when i say this to people with teslas they have this this system of regenerative braking um i think almost every electric car company would be stupid to not have this in it well of course i think most already have um that's that's when the as you're braking it spools up the the battery a little bit and helps recharge it a little bit right actually it's it doesn't you don't even touch the um brake uh so as you uh, so when you're not accelerating it's doing that yes uh so it it took only like three minutes for me to like kind of get used to it and not feel like i'm gonna crash um or like you know cause my head to bob back and forth when i'm driving but i just got out of the, the dealership uh in madison it's just one pedal driving and for that entire time that i drove one pedal driving didn't touch the brakes at all so you're saving costs on brake pads you are saving costs on energy costs or just energy um and add that with like you not you don't need motor oil and stuff like that uh, oh so so yeah. what I was going to say was, sorry, sorry, go ahead. Yeah, once once the prices of like uh, electric cars go down to even, even I would say like $10,000 more expensive than like their uh, counterpart, the cost of energy, the cost of maintenance will be so low compared to um, the combustion engine that at that moment will be like a quick s curve in adoption yeah you think so yeah i know so that's that's wild to think about like eventually soon there's going to be an exponential growth in how many of those cars there are around Mm -hmm. i would say that's within just a couple years um and if you look at tesla as a company now people say it's overvalued uh and that's they're just looking at the car part of the company and even then i don't think it's i <laughs> what are you saying um if you look at if you look at tesla as a company right now they're valued at a very high amount uh people think it's it's overvalued i don't think it is um, people are just looking at it as a car company. They have all this other technology that they're working on, including the, what is it called? The Tesla robot, or what do they call it? A Tesla bot. It's it's literally a robot. It's literally a humanoid. It's Astro Boy. Oh, yeah? Like, yeah. Like, who needs Walmart Plus to get free delivery when you can have your Astro Boy go pick it up for you in your Tesla? Okay. Oh, my goodness. That's crazy. Um, there's other. They have the solar component of their um business too. And 
it's not a large it's not that it's a growing part of their business still but it's not as uh, as fast as their car business they can't make enough if either really but more of their cars um but they're working on t- technology they're an information gathering they are a technology company they they do a lot um so they i actually think they're undervalued at like a trillion dollars that's crazy like so it's a Apple was the first trillion dollar trillion dollar company, and who else is there? Is it it's Tesla, and are there any other trillion dollar companies? Oh, there's 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 a slew of them. Um, I can look them all up. Amazon, obviously, Microsoft, uh, Google's parent company, Alphabet. Yeah, Alphabet. <laughs> Uh, Facebook, not anymore. <laughs> oh, rip. Uh, rip Mark Zuckerberg. <laughs> um, but there's a lot of big companies. NVIDIA. NVIDIA's growth over the past couple of years has been kind of insane. Well, um, I mean, it makes sense. So I can see them going into the trillion dollar mark pretty soon. Uh but you know, I've been drinking like six Mountain Dews. I'm gonna go to the bathroom quickly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Go right ahead. All right, what were we talking about? Um, uh, we were talking about uh trillion dollar companies, but you know, uh, I something about Facebook, and then uh, I'm not sure what else there was, but you know, that's mm. all. That's all. That's all. Just numbers that we can't really understand. Um, so even so, uh, so we've got. Stonks are really tough and difficult, takes a lot to get into, but um, basically just look up as much information you can, d- dive deep into each company, figure that out, and then make decisions based on that. And then that's pretty much what you would, what you would say, yeah? Stocks, yeah. Yeah, stocks. It's, it's, really kind, of a ma- it's kind of a massive mm-hmm. thing, though. Mm-hmm. Yeah, investing is a large idea. All right. Uh, so, Ethan, where are you available? Like, uh, do you got any social medias you want to plug real quick? Um, I do have the Twitch page. I don't stream often. I when I do, it's 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 whatever. Um, I'm feeling interested in playing. So, uh, what have I played? I played a little bit of Satisfactory. I'm kind of into. Those like factory building games, kind of like uh, I haven't played Factorio, but I think I'm I, I kind of like that um kind of game. Uh, I like what else have I streamed? Minecraft. Um, Fortnite. I wanted to do some Fortnite. Uh, Space Engineers is another one of those like factory building games. Um, they're all pretty uh fun to me at least, and uh, I mainly just do twitch as my social media i do have an instagram i do have a twitter i do have a youtube but all of them are pretty inactive until uh i can get everything set up with that Uh, maybe i'll uh revitalize uh the nerdians page or something like that all right, and Nerdians is something we weren't able to get to today, but uh, maybe we can have you back on again, talk about Nerdians, because that's a whole different subject, a whole different topic that'll take a, like a probably a good solid episode to talk about that. 
and all the possibilities. But on Twitch, you are Prez Pork, uh, which is uh, abbreviated President Pork, Prez Pork. Uh, and then whatever other um, whatever whatever other socials you've got. I know you've got a Twitter account. Do you know what the the handle is right off right off the top of your head? Uh, I do not actually. Okay, unfortunately. So we've got the 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 Twitch and the Twitter. Those are going to be linked on the episode page. Um, I'm sure my boy is going to be a lot more so a uh, lot more active on those now that he's uh, been on the best podcast on Spotify. Um, but yeah, that, that's about it, Ethan. Uh, thanks for thanks for uh being here, dude. Being a quick shoe in because of that little thing that happened. Yeah, it's a it's a pleasure talking. Yeah, I, I appreciate you a lot. Yep, thank you. Thank you so much for listening to the Xanimo podcast. Today's episode was a really fun one, and I hope you enjoyed it. If you could give the show a five-star rating wherever you get your podcasts from, Google, Amazon, Apple, uh, and Spotify, you know, wherever you listen, if you give it a five-star rating and share it with a friend, that would be amazing. Thank you for listening, and I'll see you uh, next week for another amazing episode.